Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Well, we are in the season of Advent, which is a season of preparation for sharing the good news of the coming of Jesus Christ. And we are still also in this project of reading through the Bible together. So when we were looking at planning things out, I realized we were going to be in the letters for this time of Advent. And I thought, well, what what are the letters that people send uh, during Christmas? And they're Christmas cards, right? Which is part of the reason that we went to Art and Faith and asked them if they would design some Christmas cards for us. And these, these are the ones. Um, I will also share with you starting next week, we will also have a musical Christmas card greeting that you can send that will have a little QR code attached to it that will link to some really exciting um, uh, recordings of some of the staff singing um, on there. So watch for those as well. But um, we really wanted to kind of center around around this idea of Christmas cards to go with the letters. And it's also gotten me thinking a little bit about what this season has in common with Christmas cards. Um, They are, this is the season of expectation when we expect the Messiah to arrive. And I'll be honest, this is also the season when I expect to get some Christmas cards. You know, I don't know how many, but well, you know, some are going to show up, right? But then there is also, this is also the season of surprise in that the the Messiah that actually came into the world was not the one that people expected. They didn't expect a child born to a family in poverty and not a king. And I'll be honest, it's always fun to open the envelopes and see who sent me a Christmas card. So there is this this tension between the expected and the unexpected. And we're going to see that as we look at these four words that have come to be associated with Advent. Peace, hope, joy, and love. We're going to see a tension between what is expected and what is unexpected throughout this. So to get us in that frame of mind, we're going to hear words. We're talking about peace this week. And we're going to hear these words from the letter to the Philippians. This is from chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. So hear now the word of the Lord. Be glad in the Lord always. Again, I say be glad. Let your gentleness show in your treatment of all people. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything. Rather, bring up all your requests to God in your prayers and petitions, along with giving thanks. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So when I was in seminary, I had the opportunity to go to visit, spend a week at Taze, which is a monastery in France. Um, I don't know if any of you all have ever gotten that opportunity before. It was such a great gift to get to go there. 
And Tizay, if you don't know anything about it, was um, founded right after World War II by a, a priest named Brother Roger. And the reason that he founded it is that he, um, he had this vision that if the youth of the world could get together, if the youth of the world could get to know one another, then maybe there would never be another world war because it would be so hard to declare war on the country of your friends. It would be so difficult to declare war on the people that you love. And so he made this space where, where youth are invited from all over the world. Between the ages of 14 and 30, you're invited to come to Tizay. If you go when you're older than 30, um, you have to get a special dispensation, which I got actually when I went um, to go there. But the week that I was there, um, myself and my roommate, whose name is also Michelle, just to make this story that much more confusing, um, met a young man who was there. He, he was 29. He turned 29. He wanted to go before he was 30 and before he aged out of Tizay. He wanted to come celebrate his birthday there. And his name was Bjorn, and he was from Germany. And he was a wonderful and sweet and kind man who also happened to be a captain in the German military. Now, we loved eating uh, meals with Bjorn and listening to his stories, listening to the kindness of his heart, his gentleness of spirit. Um, his gentleness was shown to all people. He, he went with us to the peace garden. He meditated. He was really just this quiet and peaceful soul until a couple of days before we were supposed to leave, we were walking to breakfast with Bjorn and he got a call from one of his soldiers and he started yelling at the soldier over the phone in German. Now, as Americans, the only time I've ever heard German yelled was by Hitler. And it was bone chilling to hear this man that I had come to associate with peace switch over so quickly to that sound of war. It really got me thinking, why would, why would Bjorn even want to come to Tizay? He is part of the military complex. Why would he want to be there? It got me thinking about soldiers and peace. And it's why I think you've heard me say before, I've come to understand, I, I thought that soldiers were these people who were passionate about fighting and violence and, and war. And instead, I think that I had that backwards. I think soldiers, more than anyone, are deeply committed to peace because they fight our wars. And that, that's got me thinking about this letter to the Philippians and the context in which it's written. It's got me thinking about it in two terms. One is the fact that Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison. In what he would describe as fighting a war for Jesus Christ, for, for confronting the people that did not believe in Jesus and standing firm in his faith and even in the midst of trial and persecution and imprisonment. In the midst of all of that chaos and struggle, he would still stand with Jesus Christ and accept this 
prison sentence. All because of this opposition to Jesus. And then he's writing to Philippi, a group of people that mean so much to him. But Philippi was a military town, a Roman military town. Which is why there is actually quite a bit of military vocabulary in this letter. Because Paul understands who he is writing to. And in fact, in our translation, we didn't, we didn't catch it because it said, we'll keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But perhaps you have heard it translated as, we'll guard you. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's a military term that's being used there. And it's got me thinking about how God's peace so often is like a counter invasion to our wars, right? And it tends to show up, honestly, when it's most needed, but oftentimes least expected. And I'd say least expected because it tends to show up and overwhelm in places of chaos and destruction and loss and hurt and harm. In the midst of hopelessness, God's peace comes into that place anyway, That's what makes it the peace that surpasses all understanding is that when it shows up in those moments, you you ask, where did this come from and how did it get here? And the only answer is God. That in places of chaos, God is the only power that can break through and bring such incredible peace. And that's how I've experienced God's peace. It's shown up in times of my life when I felt the least peaceful, in all honesty, when I was the most disrupted. And so I was sharing with a friend of mine, I, you know, I, was, I was formulating the words to say, the thing about God's peace is that you can't prepare for it, it just shows up. And as I'm starting to say, the thing about God's peace, my friend finishes my sentence by saying, the thing about God's peace is that you have to prepare for it. And I thought, no, 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 wait, I was gonna say the opposite. And he started sharing that the only times he has actually encountered God's peace is when he has made that space, when he has quieted down his life, when he has opened himself up in prayer, when he, when he prepares for peace. And I think that's also part of God's or Paul's argument here. Yes, he has said it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It shows up in the midst of these times of crisis. But also, you can prepare for it. You can pray and be thankful and offer spaces for peace. And then, we didn't read this part of the letter, but you can also work for peace. Because part of the reason that he's writing this letter is these two women, Yodia and Sinchuke, are battling one another in the congregation and they're both significant leaders for the Philippian church and he says you all need to learn to get along and act in unity with one another and if you need some help hey other people in the community help these two women figure out how to resolve their conflict because we are not about conflict we are about peace and sometimes peace is hard fought and you do need some help but sometimes it often takes action it often takes decisions it often takes Compromise. It often takes doing something different than what you've been doing. And so working for God's peace is the work of the faithful. We can't just wait and hope that it shows up. But we can actively seek it 
and we can embody it. And I think, again, in these verses, we are given imperatives. Do these things. So that we're reminded that action matters. So we stand here with these two tensions that sometimes God's peace just overwhelms in the midst of a space when there's not even the ability. It's beyond expectation things are so chaotic and yet God's peace arrives. And we can stop and we can pray and we can be quiet and we can take action to bring God's peace into the world. Both of those things are true simultaneously. You know, I set these sermons months in advance. The, the staff can attest to that. And somehow, the Holy Spirit works within that and, and knows what we will need. And I don't know about y'all, but I sure could use some peace right now. I had to quit looking at my notifications on my phone. There was just too much, too many things about the nightclub shooting, the Walmart shooting, all the shootings. We're at war. And yes, there are wars being raged. We're still the war in the Ukraine and we still need to work for peace there, but we have our own wars here. Violence that's gotten out of control. We need God's peace in this space. You know, I think for me, it's a tension again of this unexpected and expected. You all know that I'm a shooting survivor. And when I was at my lowest, when I had thrown down the gauntlet to God and said, you better show up and explain this to me, I didn't really expect God to show up. God showed up. In my car, because that's where God shows up for me for some reason, is in my car. And I was so overwhelmed by the presence of peace in a time when I was so not at peace. It took away everything. It took away fear. It took away hate. It took away loss. It took away my tears. And I replaced it with joy. So unexpected in that moment. And yet, it's been 22 years. 22 years. I can't just sit around waiting for God's peace to show up. We, we hear all these cries for We send our thoughts and our prayers and people are getting more and more frustrated with that. I would not throw out the prayers piece. Because I think we learn in this letter that the prayers make space for God's peace. The prayers make space for us to feel the presence of God and to know what to do. 
I would not throw out the prayers, but I would replace thoughts with actions. That we must be the people of peace. I just wish I knew what those actions are. I've tried a lot of actions and we seem to keep being at the same space. And you know, when I envisioned this, these, these Christmas cards are part of our action. You know, you, you buy five of these Christmas cards and it goes to support our missions here at this church. And I will tell you one of the things that that's going to go to is in the spring, we're gonna prepare feminine hygiene kits to send all around the world and they will be instrumental for providing care for women who are in the midst of disaster and who are in the midst of war, who still need to be healthy in those spaces. It seems like a small thing, but maybe it makes a difference. Maybe it makes an easier day. Maybe it helps someone feel loved and cared for. And maybe if more people in more spaces felt loved and cared for, if more people in more spaces heard the good news of Jesus Christ, if more people in more spaces were taken out of those places of loneliness and isolation where they get too much in these places of war, maybe if more people knew that, if more people knew they were welcome, then there would be peace. So, I don't, again, I don't know what to tell you to do. But we're going to take some space today to be open. To hear from God. To take to God whatever we need to take to God. So we're going to have some, some a silent space of prayer. Where you take to God whatever you want to take to God or you just listen. We're going to make that space for peace. And then I will bring us out of it. Let us go to the Lord. Lord, we need your peace. Let us be open to it. Let us make space for it. But let us not leave it at that.
Let us take action toward it. So God, give us guidance. Help us to know where we should be, what we should do, and who we should love. We ask all these things in your holy name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at fumcbentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example of radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.